0: Welcome to Hitachi Solutions Podcast. Join us as we talk with our skilled professionals and experts, exploring how customers like you are delivering business outcomes, tackling business challenges, and accelerating their business initiatives, leveraging Microsoft applications and technologies.
1: Hey everybody, I'm your host Brad Koontz on the exchanges with Hitachi Solutions Podcast. We're so pleased today to be discussing Power Platform and Financial Services. We've got a couple of great guests today. We've got uh, Peter Gardas with us. He's Hitachi Solutions Senior Director of Financial Services Strategy. So welcome, Peter. And we also have Landy Wingard. He's our Vice President of Financial Services. So welcome, guys.
0: Thanks, Brad. Thank you, Brad. Nice to be here.
1: I am uh we are recording this the day after we witnessed a hockey fight break out at the Canadian Open golf tournament yesterday
2: which was crazy unbelievable that was, I didn't uh,
0: catch that I'm going to have to watch some highlights did you see that landy
2: I did it was uh it went full on canadian football there for a second <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe think, hockey, yeah.
1: I think Hadwin, I heard he, uh, Canadian, obviously, that's why he was jumping out to celebrate the first uh, Canadian to win in, in many, many decades, that golf tournament. And he was tackled very quickly by security to the ground, I would say, wow. after he, he approached the winning golfer with, uh, with a bottle of champagne. They thought he was a random fan uh he was wearing jeans i believe and they just they just tackled him but he he ends up being another professional golfer and and one of his best friends but also a former hockey player so i think he was well suited to get tackled and then get right back up Mm -hmm. yeah i think i think he fared a lot better than
2: mike weir would have
1: (laughs) (laughs) that is very true very true well welcome guys uh today we've got a pretty exciting topic we're talking about uh we're talking about Power platform and low code platforms in the uh, world of financial services, and there was a there was a recent Forrester report that came out, and they were talking about the biggest innovations and the biggest areas for investment for financial services firms and And if if you listen closely to these three, there, there's kind of a through line here that it's, that's a very hot topic today. But the first one is natural language processing. The second one is AI for the enterprise, and the third one is today, as it always is, is privacy and security. So if you think about what's on all the headlines, what is everybody inside and outside of tech talking about these days, and it's, it's AI, and more specifically, it's ChatGPT.
0: Hot topic
2: for sure. A- absolutely. Um... And I would I'd probably add data. Well, I guess we're talking about data there, but absolutely, um, you know, operational efficiency, uh, information, and knowledge management for sure. Absolutely.
0: I think so, so I, much, of, yeah. Yeah, right. Just I think so much of what's behind that is just you know how can you make it easier for people to find what they need uh, to serve clients well. And how can you do that in a safe and secure way? Well, those are all those are all uh, trends I think that support just trying to serve people in a more trusted way uh, amidst you know challenges often in with scattered information.
1: right. so what are some ways that Peter, that you've seen that we've been able to introduce ideas like a low code platform like the power platform? And, and we've seen uh, our customers utilize those things uh, to, to kind of cover some of these strategic initiatives.
0: Yeah, I think when it comes to low code, I mean, the, the beauty of it is that it really empowers, it, it puts decision-making around what information somebody needs uh, in the hands of that individual user. So, so, so a client-facing person, for example, can quite easily um, stitch together information from different places. and I think for years, I mean, we've always talked about kind of the the swivel chair problem. like people are having to go from one place to another to piece together the info that they need uh, to help somebody. and power platform affords that capability to business users. so it's very easy for them to build uh to to build an app or um to stitch together information across disparate sources. So I some of the examples that I like um, really relate to understanding customer behavior um, and any triggers that somebody sees, and and then you can um, that can guide any sort of outreach from a firm, whether it's you know email or just a person calls somebody. Um, but that often you know when you when you can detect uh, based on client behavior. Uh, something that somebody does, it can help the firm more proactively uh, engage clients uh, on a topic that's important to them. And, and you know, the client feels like the firm's looking out for them and understands what they might need at the moment. Yeah, I would tend to agree
2: with that. I think a lot of it is around, and you, you hear me say this quite a bit, is around uh, reducing effort and friction within the organization um, some of that, obviously, well, I think a lot of that applies to the customer side of things, but e- even on the end user side, as Peter mentioned, customer facing, um, leveraging it for, you know, efficiency in the in the in the process and reducing that end user effort, obviously, uh, even though that may be on the end user side, the impact of that does translate to, I think, the customer side as well in terms of reducing effort, you know, and creating better experiences there. As an example, and I guess what I'm t- taking a while to get there, but a lot of times that's on processes, whether it's uh, yeah. you know, if you're looking at banking onboarding processes, account setup processes, things that aren't necessarily exciting and fun on either sides uh, of that equation. Uh, but really, bringing some efficiency there. So, those are some of the processes and things that we see. And I think if we're, you know, as we're streamlining those uh, and leveraging that information uh, a little bit more efficiently, you know, creates a better experience on both sides, and ultimately,
1: uh, a
2: happier customer,
1: which is yeah, what so, we want. so you're driving that customer attention through basically better experiences. Exactly. Exactly. Customers. Yeah. yeah. How about on the asset management side? I know that's a little a little more specific uh you know on a particular type of, of financial service. But where what are we seeing unique on the asset management side that can can utilize some of these uh these types of platforms?
2: I think it uh is similar. We're seeing a lot of legacy systems out there uh in some case, when I when I say legacy systems, a legacy business process management platforms out there. Uh, Sometimes it's more than one system as you see in some consolidation there, just like you are with the banks, lots of different systems out there, lots of different legacy systems, call them silos, if you will hate to use that cliche, but (laughs) silos of this information, um, you know, as these things cross different domiciles, there's different regulatory uh, considerations for things like account setup for routine transactions uh, account changes, account closes, account openings, uh, credit information, credit downgrades, credit upgrades, uh, beneficiary changes or investment policy, IPS type changes. You know, things that have to be done on a routine basis, but also have to be audited, have to be in place. From a customer perspective, we're seeing uh, really the power platform being able to extend and connect information and really improve the velocity of at, at, and the speed at which a lot of those routine things happen. Um, and, and obviously reducing, uh, you know, the overall cost to to, to, to carry those uh, routine functions out is, is a good example. I gave you a couple different use cases there that we see. Um, and some of that trickles into the middle and the back office, but also into the front office. So as you sort of dealing with the with the customers and the different individuals uh, you know really streamlining that process is 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 what we're seeing there
1: yes it really gives you an opportunity to apply design thinking really to the business process improvement right because it sounds like there are some that are you're you're talking about legacy end of life systems for some of these institutions. Um, and they don't even have a business process platform, right? so this is a great opportunity to apply some of those some of those techniques to this uh to this problem
2: absolutely there are, a lot of them are using point systems uh you know I would say um, even even some of the the office and spreadsheet uh type systems to track and manage this information um, oftentimes some of the holes are. Uh, uh held up by approvals and approval processes and who has the ball on certain things uh so really really being able to 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 streamline all that information uh, and and establish uh, establish a good a good process uh, platform to keep things moving there and then also to be, be able to understand at any given point in time where where the bottlenecks are, or where 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 the decision points are to to, to make sure that uh, things don't get held up. Oftentimes there's SLAs, yep, that are associated with those. So again, it all ties back to the customer. Well, eventually, um, and so we want to make sure we keep things moving, not only from a regulatory perspective, but also from a customer perspective.
1: Um, keeping that, keeping the customer. Uh, Happy. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's a good point you make about regulatory uh, uh, challenges, Peter. What what have you seen in the marketplace related to the regulatory pressures? I know that the the current environment there's been uh, a number of, of uh, bank failures, specifically in 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 the recent months, and um, so that certainly is getting people you know the wheels turning a little bit. Um, where do you see where do you see these types of platforms kind of helping out? Uh, address some of those pressures.
0: I, I think the one of the big benefits of Power Platform is sort of speed and responsiveness um, and so often you know sometimes with regulations there's a pretty good runway for uh, it can still be a long time and a daunting project to um, for a firm to uh, line up new processes uh, to new regulations and um, But sometimes there's, it's ideal if you can sort of take a risk-based approach to mitigating potential regulation. Uh, So, for example, there's a lot, right, in the crypto space right now, um, a lot of questions around uh, potential regulation. um, And a firm could use something like Power Platform to fairly quickly identify, you know, who in their client base is in crypto. and that can be for the benefit of an individual advisor. So, and if advisor wants to engage their client on the topic of um, crypto holdings that, you know, you could use Power Platform to identify, you know, who in your portfolio you should reach out to at the firm level. So whether it's, um, you know, a CFO, a COO, or the chief compliance officer, um, they can do more, call it, you know, the analysis on the full client base uh, and understand some of their risks and exposure. And then if they want to um, develop a system or a process for uh, managing clients that are in crypto positions and at least conversations or any policies that they want to stand up, um, it becomes a very effective tool for identifying uh, not only people that are in crypto, but also kind of the broader picture of a given client so that they can make you know informed judgments around how you know how to work with clients that are in crypto with uh, maybe an uncertain outlook on the regulatory front um, depending on you know whatever the bank wants to do it's um, it's up to the firm maybe on how they want to manage some of the you know, some of the risks around this uh, but it, it at least gives the firm visibility and transparency uh, in kind of an efficient way uh, to identify um, some of the risk factors so that they can then design and execute any programs to mitigate regulatory changes.
2: Yeah, yeah and I know you, I'm sorry, Brad. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and and Peter, you bring up a good point on crypto, but it really applies across really any any type of, of security or yeah. investment vehicle. Um, you know, firms have to have to, uh, really align with any suitability requirements and have to report that back. So they need to understand what they're recommending, why they're recommending it. Yeah. If there are any fee differences around products and services, and I'm kind of back in asset management land, but also wealth management on the retail side as well. So they're, they're uh, you know, they have to, any recommendations or any any type of trade activity, as an example, you know, has to be captured understood and, and, and the Power Platform, as you mentioned, as an example, can help provide a way not only to, 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 to aggregate that information, but to keep an eye on it, and then also, uh, you know, provide any supervision reporting that needs to be done from an overall uh, uh, compliance and, and regulatory perspective.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, Landy, I, I think, and this reminds me of uh, a project that you and I worked on uh, for a global bank a few years ago, and it was using the predecessor of Power Platform, and it was for regulatory relations management. Right? If you think about these institutions, they have so many different uh, regulatory bodies that they need to uh, that they need to respond to at any given time, and as you know. Uh, institutions get larger, of course, those problems get greater, and so it was great to do that kind of early project and kind of prove out now the thing we didn't have back then is we didn't have any any flavor of of artificial intelligence, which I think um in hindsight would have been a really big win uh, oh, for wow, that particular yeah. customer, yeah, and I think that that touches on one of the big tenets
2: too is it's 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 highly flexible and gives the organization a great deal of agility and you need that when you're dealing with regulatory bodies internal policies that are always changing uh particularly in the market uh and and sort of what's going on nowadays i i I feel that pendulum swinging again uh towards more regulation anytime you have any sort of disruption with what's going on in the banks uh you know that tends to to bring about more scrutiny, more regulation, more change, and so as you're looking at deploying these systems uh, you know you can't necessarily pour the concrete uh, when you roll these things out uh, as we say, they're going to change, and we need to be able to move and have a great deal of flexibility there um, and then uh you know I think all all the you know sort of the infusion of artificial intelligence and and uh you know th- those types of decision making tool sets certainly certainly bring a lot of value to helping us keep an eye on any anything that we need to be keeping an eye on as opposed to to you know how we did it traditionally uh through through sort of forensic reporting uh can can really notify and keep an eye on that um, in a proactive yeah. way.
1: Yeah I'm- absolutely uh, absolutely I, I did have one more question before we before we wrap up here and it's an important one and and the question is this so so as we think about organizations rolling out a, a low code platform uh, to to their teams obviously one of the things that we've noticed as 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 a consulting organization is the need for for governance uh, the need for centers of excellence so so uh, tell us a little bit about about what our approach to those two items are uh, around around the use of the power platform.
2: Yeah, I think our <clears throat> the way in which we gauge is uh, is pretty broad range with with customers. We do specific projects and replacement of legacy systems, kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Uh, so projects that hey, we want to go in and replace system a, B, or C. Or collapse those into you know a single platform, modernize those systems, uh, improve the velocity of the information. Uh, we also do uh, a broader engagements with our clients across a number of point systems or processes or you know different systems. Uh, we actually call that a digital factory, where we go in and actually we'll tackle uh, you know a myriad of 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 processes forms automation different processes uh, you know across the entire organization or within a specific line of business or all of the above uh, and just get in there and 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 sort of uh, you know help prioritize and, and tackle those uh, you know from a benefit perspective for the organization and that reduces technical debt uh, some of that some of that drives uh, technical debt reduction but but I think Overall, it you know, we're adding agility to the organization, uh, and then we're also, you know, enabling a lot of these organizations to scale. So if you look at kind of the, the drivers of those, within all of those engagements, regardless of, of, of what kind of information or process we're tackling, we're looking at data governance as part of that uh, and understanding, uh, you know, all the aspects around not only governance, but security, um, and privacy and information as uh, part of that. And that, that typically aligns with any existing data data governance initiatives that are going on, or we can actually go in and help uh, facilitate and, and help put those programs in place as well. Did I miss yeah. any there,
0: Peter? No, <laughs> uh, Landia, no, that's fun. I, um, yeah, and I think like the digital factory is a good example or um, whenever, it, like the governance is critical to sort of augmenting, if you will, the distributed nature of Power Platform. So the, the, the power of uh, kind of that the platform gives end users and line of business users is, is fantastic. It's You're letting people kind of innovate or create, you know, um, access to information that they need to do their job better in a, in a very quick and easy to use way. On the other hand, you got as you do that, you want to ensure that uh, those individuals are are aware of maybe what some of the um, risks and the, the the protocols are that a firm has um, has in place uh, to manage any risks related to you know data privacy and security, for example, or you know there can be when it comes to account opening. There's a you know a lot of requirements of what's needed, and so. Um, I think the, the governance becomes really important, and part of our process there is ensuring that you can combine both the needs and interests of the end user, what they wanna be able to do, and, and and ensure that from a compliance and a legal and, and a risk management perspective, and from a even a product offering standpoint. There's other stakeholders in your firm that um, have a way to provide some guardrails and some, some uh, parameters. For how much an end user can actually do, so that you're on one hand providing freedom and and uh, innovation to an end user, uh, but at the same time you've got some guardrails in place to uh, ensure like a, a firm's policies are taken taken into account as people do that. Yeah. no kidding. I think when when
2: power platform was first released and there was you know a, a process of folks really understanding okay, how can this help my organization? building use cases and really understanding and envisioning how it could impact the organization, uh, and excitement, uh, you know, didn't take long for it to, uh, to, to kind of move into an, an anxious phase, uh, as they release that into the wild, because it has tapped some innovation with business stakeholders. Uh, so when they release that into the wild, it yeah. got a little anxious, uh, which is why it's so important for us to, to really, to really tackle the governance side of that as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely, guys. That, uh, this has been a, a fantastic conversation. I just want to, I want to leave us with with three, uh, three takeaways. And you, you know, Lainey, when I say when I hold up my three fingers and say I'm going to talk about three things, there's probably going to be four. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but, but the first one is what you guys just talked about. It's the distributed nature of the power platform and the need for governance. So, so, so that's That's kind of a non-negotiable, I think, as you're as you're thinking about uh, these kind of low-code platforms. The other one uh, was the first thing we talked about was customer retention through better customer experiences, right? And so there's there's a lot of different ways that we've helped organizations create better customer experiences through these uh, through these apps. Uh, The next one was design thinking to to include business process improvement because there are so many of these firms that are using legacy systems for a lot of good reasons now but they need to change they need to get these things out of silos so but doing that from a data standpoint allows them to kind of start over and start about design thinking about these processes and how they how they work without the constraints of their existing silos and and the last one is that that regulation is is top of mind for for a lot of firms, but the speed and responsiveness of the power platform can really help deal with a lot of the issues that that uh, ever changing regulation brings. So, Peter, Lanny, thank you so much for your time today. Thank, thank you, you, Brad. Brad Lanny, thank you, Peter.
0: Thank you very much.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, thanks to all of our listeners. Please subscribe to the Exchanges podcast wherever you get your podcast and visit our website at global.hitachi-solutions.com. Thanks.
0: We are Hitachi Solutions, a global team of innovators who
1: support our customers' data and business system modernization initiatives.